welcome everyone to our Every Other Thursday podcast, where we cover the wide world of food service and hospitality. Our hosts cover both the relevant news of the moment and we invite key industry experts in for conversations that are informative, enlightening, and entertaining. Every Other Thursday is an approximately 40 to 50 minute conversation presented bi-weekly by Tabletop Journal. Now, here's your host of Every Other Thursday, Dave Turner. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Every Other Thursday. By the way, for those of you who count on these things, this is episode number 24 of Every Other Thursday. I'm Dave, and I'm your host here at Every Other Thursday, and I'm here with my colleague, Greg Kirish. Our other partner in crime, Jay Alley, is on assignment today. And for those of you who are wondering about the background noise, we are in Studio A of the Tabletop Journal Studios here in beautiful Baltimore on America's East Coast. And the windows are open. It's a gorgeous day. And you may hear a siren or two simply because that's the sounds of Baltimore these days. Greg, I'm very excited about being here with you today. I'm, I'm missing my partner Jay, our partner, Jay, but I'm very excited because you've got a great topic that you want to hit on today, and it's called the future of dining, I think, and there are some restaurants that are beginning to do some things with their takeaway and meal delivery programs that you want to tell us about, right? Yes, and I'm glad to be here with you too, Dave. An article in the Wall Street Journal, uh, I believe it ran on the 16th of September entitled, Is This the Future of Dining? Really got me thinking. And what the whole, the premise of the article was, is how operators are really becoming creative in actually trying to transfer the restaurant experience to the home in a takeaway. And it talks about it. it just, it's a, I thought it was a fascinating article and it really touches on a lot of different things. And one thing that the point they make right up front that we constantly talk about, and I'm quoting here, the draw of a restaurant isn't just the food, of course, but the sum of a carefully crafted experience. You know, the maitre d' smile, precisely calibrated lighting, the buzz of a full dining room, a cold drink delivered right on cue, etc. And, you know, as we always say, and also all the tabletop items. Absolutely. And so what got me thinking was this article is that which it really didn't address too much, is perhaps these tabletop items can be incorporated in this take-home and this take-home experience. I love that idea. I love that. I love that approach. But before you get into that, hold on one second. Hold, hold your fire a little bit on that. We got we to get our business out of the way first. I'm remiss if I don't do that. The tabletop journal people will yell and scream at me left and right if I don't get this in. Go for it. Of course, everybody by now knows that every other Thursday is our 30 Minutes or So podcast where we take on the world of hospitality and food service in an ever-increasing number of ways and with a growing group of subject matter experts. We've had some phenomenal subject matter experts on lately, and I want to talk about those in our second half of the show today, Greg. But they all give us their expert thoughts and opinions. And of course, today's episode of Every Other Thursday is brought to you by Tabletop Journal. Tabletop Journal is where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places all in the world of hospitality tabletop. And now with all that great general business out of the way, let's get this episode of Every Other Thursday, this 24th episode of Every Other Thursday. Let's get it started. Greg, I'm sorry to have cut you off there when we were doing the intro, but now 
Tell me more about how restaurateurs, how some restaurateurs are enhancing their takeaway and bringing that in-restaurant dining experience to the homes of their guests. And you talked about tabletop, and that's that's always a trigger for me to listen more closely. That's okay, Dave. You know, I'm so excited. I just jumped right in. I just jumped right in. I know. I know. That's the kind of guy you are, passionate guy. Well, I guess just jumping right in. I'm, I'm again, referring to this article that was in the Wall Street Journal, and they refer to uh, one example, Michael Tusk, chef owner of, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Cotonia, C-O-T-O-G-N-A in San Francisco. If you're listening, Michael, don't have your lawyers call us because we're not going to take that call. <laughs> he talks about putting together a celebration box for two for $425. And in it, he includes custom placemats, a candle, a mood-setting playlist, all tucked inside a gift box tied with a gross grain bowl. And so this got me thinking if for these celebratory type takeout meals, these delivered meals, what about glassware? You know, a couple of wine glasses, champagne flutes, deliver the entire ambiance. And then going beyond that, I started just thinking about how, you know, how else can tabletop help these operators in delivering this ambiance, if you will. And a couple of things that come to mind is, you know, is having a wine glass or two in every every time there's a delivery of a certain meal, all of a sudden, then the guest, or in this case, the customer, starts putting together an entire collection. Or back in my day, as, as when I was a lot younger, I remember grocery stores, you know, if you spent so much money with a grocery store, you got to pick some glasses or the jam glass model. I grew up at my grandmother's house, all the, the water glasses were all from jelly jars. These are the kind of things that you can, in a nice way, hook in customers with. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just glassware. It could, you know, other other tabletop items. And so this one that I mentioned here includes a, it includes candles and placemats. You know, I, to me, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about all kinds of conversations I've had during COVID times when people were, when we really began to all of a sudden, I wouldn't say discover takeaway and all that, but we discovered it at a different level. And I wonder, is it about the accessorization of the meal, let's call tabletop items and whatever they might be, or is it the connection, just the general connection I might have with that restaurant? And maybe it's maybe it's two parts, uh, sometimes it's two parts connection and one part the, the actual pieces of the product, whatever it might be. But I remember talking to Bunny Johnson, who's a great tabletopper up in Washington, D.C., and she was describing one of her uh, best restaurants, best accounts, on the takeaway package, the chef slash owner was not in the kitchen. He was the one handing out the bags and autographing the bags. And that personalization, that going over and above, I know that's not the same thing as you're talking about or about recreating that restaurant experience, but it's a, that that when they sign the bag, the bag doesn't mean anything in the signature, may or may not, but it's the fact that you're buying a product from that person. You're connecting with that owner chef. I think that's important too. Well, I think all the above are, are all possibilities. By the way, this is got to wait. Your conversation about glassware got to be breaking our colleague Jay's heart not being here to be in on this. No, I, absolutely, absolutely, I know it, and he would he would lend a really an expert opinion. We could talk about this probably for several episodes, but you know, another thing along with what you're talking about, Dave, is then is to brand some glassware or dinnerware that you send along. So all of a mm -hmm. sudden. The customer in their own kitchen has this connection back to the restaurant. 
and I won't get into the name of the coffee brand, but I just ordered, and I'm telling you, if you haven't ordered veggies from Farmer Lee at the Chef's Garden in Ohio, if you haven't ordered those vegetables online, those vegetable packs, the last one I got had some phenomenal coffee in there. And I think that co-branding is great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I got another example here that I'm, again, pulling from the same article. They talked about the Polo Bar in Manhattan, and they delivered their meal with a card of instructions on how to make an old-fashioned, illustrated with watercolor of the, a watercolor of the uh, finished product. Well, it'd be, wouldn't it be interesting to include a, an old-fashioned glass, a, a rocks glass, in that same delivery? Yeah, you know, we could just go on and on about it, but this really, this came to mind, especially to this, actually just today, I just want to mention real quick is that in the Ogilvy train station, one of the train stations in downtown Chicago, I haven't been downtown Chicago for a while, and there's a uh, really good food hall called the French Market at that station. And one of the few places that's still open is a place that I've really enjoyed called Joker's Cajun Kitchen. And it's one of these places that was extremely limited menu and now more limited than ever. The food is just is is really a destination in this train station in this little place. And it's those one of those gems that people are all constantly looking for. But the reason it came to mind today is with our discussion is, you know, and maybe they're all, I, they're way ahead of me on this. I didn't get a chance because I had to because I had to run and catch a train, uh, amazingly enough. But wouldn't it be cool if they put together uh, Mardi Gras is everyday type packages? Yeah. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to put beads in there. You're going to put maybe, gla- you know, glasses or disposable hurricane gl- type plastic cups. Create a, an entire party ready to be delivered. And again, they might be way ahead of me on this, but at, their food is, you know, wherever you go, the food is the most important thing and everything else is extra. And I know they have the food. And, you know, I I think everybody loves a surprise or something good. It's sort of like Cracker Jacks. Remember that? Right. Sure. You open the thing and you're wondering what the prize is going to be in there. And to to keep that excitement going, I'm going to order takeout from my favorite restaurant. I wonder what extra they'll have in the bag this week. That kind of thing. And so you develop, you know, maybe restaurateurs don't care about uh, as long as they're doing business. But I think you have to you have to think about the type of restaurant you are, think about the products that might be relevant to your customer, your targeted customer base, and then find brands or products that will reinforce your restaurant brand. And I think that's really important, whether the polo, I think uh, the fact that the, I mean, the polo could have chosen any cocktail, the polo bar could have chosen any cocktail to put on the recipe card, but they chose an old fashioned. That's cool. And that's appropriate. That that reinforces that polo bar image. And, uh, and so I think it's great. Tradition. Yeah. I think all these things are reinforcing the brand, reinforcing the experience. And uh, I love it because it is about the experience. Well, and, there, and it's really all about de- trying to deliver in the day of COVID, days of COVID, that experience to the home. And then in one of the uh, last quotes in here, somebody said, well, you know, this isn't going to be just COVID. It's working so well for us that this is a new business model. So great. Great. You know, and I, and I, I think we've been saying that all along. A lot of the, a lot of these changes and a lot of where municipalities have allowed people to, you know, to take out cocktails and to, you know, have more seating outdoors. I hope that this, after we finally come out of all this COVID dilemma, 
that uh, these municipalities have seen the light, that these things work and people behave themselves and it works. And so why, why not allow restaurants to do all these things? I mean, listen, I don't, I, I don't want to be naive. I think there's so much opportunity to feel down and out and uh, get depressed, uh, disappointed, whatever. You, on every turn you take, you can find terrible news these days. You can't pick up a newspaper, go watch a television uh, for more than 10 minutes without finding some news that will just drive you crazy if you, if you let it. So when people come up with these kind of brainstorms of adding more fun to the takeout experience, they not only do more business, hopefully, but they also engage their employees and their customer base at a different type of way. And they bring fun and enjoyment beyond just the taste of the food and the sustenance. And that's why on our other podcast, Seat Yourself, we've had Xander Lorenzen Hansen from Copenhagen. And we've talked about cocktails to go for a long time and sangria and the party atmosphere that sangria brings. And, you know, to add more gifts and things like that into the package as well to create a party to go kind of atmosphere, I think it's awesome. And especially now that some of the standards of, on group gatherings are, are, are coming down a little bit on COVID, not in all places. I understand that there's parts of the world, the UK, Melbourne, Australia, where they're actually going up again. But everybody has struggled through this COVID times. And I think anything we can do to sort of lift up the uh, attitudes and the approaches, plus get some real great brand reinforcement for your brand or your restaurant brand, I think really, really a lot of fun. The opportunities abound, and and it, I know it sounds Pollyanna, but there are silver linings out there. Yeah, and and it, they don't always have to be. I just pulled up your article that you'd mentioned, and that was on uh, the I think you said the nineteenth of September, sixteenth, sixteenth of September, sixteenth of September, in the Wall Street Journal. I would encourage people to go to it. Canlis, a phenomenal restaurant in Seattle. Their latest experiment is a citywide treasure hunt, for God's sakes. Now, can you imagine a treasure hunt in a restaurant? You know, what the hell? We're trying to sell food and beverage here, but they're really doing it in, uh, as an initiative to, to help people get more excited and, and understand and, and work together, but also bring some cheer to people's lives. And I think that's what restaurants do above all. Yes, they provide sustenance, but they help us connect with others and they bring a lot of good memories and good vibes to people, especially in times of adversity. And this is certainly one of those times. So cool, cool idea. Anything else on the future of dining and what we should be doing? Well, you know, we are broadening into lots of different culinary areas and cuisine types and different types of operations, but it always comes back some way to tabletop. And that's the, I know, I know that sounds a little bit self-serving, but whenever we talk about these ambiance and the experience, tabletop really is critical. And I, I would urge, especially in these times where, you know, it would be really easy for operators to overlook it because, oh man, you know, I've got a million other things to be fighting right now, but, but tabletop whether it's actually in your operation or as we're discussing here as a takeout item is important. 
Yeah, it truly is. And I think in our second segment here today, after our break, we're going to talk about a couple of the guests that we've had. Reiner Zinegraba and uh, Madeline Trafon have joined us on every other Thursday. Both are phenomenal guests and both for different reasons. And one of the key things that Reiner said, well, he talked a lot about the storytelling that goes must go on in restaurants. And I really think that the storytelling opportunities and takeaway and carry out and meal delivery, I think are as good or better. They force you to tell your stories in a different way, but just like going back to that re- uh, the old-fashioned recipe card from the pole bar, that's part of that storytelling exercise. So good, and we all want that. And again, just my quick example about this Joker's Cajun Kitchen in Chicago, small little booth, actually, actually kind of place in, in, a, in a food hall. You know, every day is, Mar- is Mardi Gras. What a great opportunity to wrap yourself around something positive like that. Yeah, and I, and I and I get it that restaurateurs don't have a lot of money to spend, and they may not want to break the bank and go out on the limb and try something new where they have to buy a certain amount of product to put in all these bags with no idea if that customer's coming back. But I guarantee to you that most restaurants know who their return customers and VIP customers are. So even if you do it only for those people, Hey, I appreciate you being a great, loyal customer. You just ordered a a great meal and the bottle of wine that we sell with it. Why don't you take a couple of wine glasses? These are are the same ones we use in the restaurant. Why don't you take those from us? Or a plate. We have a special meal. Special. If you want to go a little bit uh, less in terms of the price or or the imagery, if you sell a, a lot of nachos, if that's your signature dish, why not? Put those nachos on a platter or at least put the platter in with the nacho order for those VIP loyal customers. I guarantee you that if you call up the dinnerware people who make that platter, they'll probably work with you on some of that. And they'd love to have that in the home. It's a win-win-win for everybody. Greg, great idea, great topic. Thanks for bringing it to us. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about two phenomenal guests. We're going to talk about Reiner Zingraba, and I'm never going to get that right. The good news is he lets me get away with that. And Madeline Trafon, who is, I can't think of a, a more approachable expert in wines. There can't be a more approachable expert than Madeline Trafon. We'll be right back. This episode of Every Other Thursday is brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than nine years now, Tabletop Journal has been covering the food service and hospitality industry all the while raising the awareness of just how important Tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. If you haven't signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, it's simple and easy, and it's free. Simply go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Every Other Thursday. This week, it's just me, Dave, here with my pal and good colleague, Greg Kirish. Greg, your topic in the first segment of the future of dining and how people can enhance the takeaway and meal delivery and that that general experience, unbelievable. And I really think there's a, there's a lot to grab a hold of for people there. And I'm sure people are going to listen to that and and get some great ideas and probably come up with a few of their own. And I would encourage them, if you've got some great ideas, if you're a restaurateur or or even a supply chain person out there who's, who's been doing some of that and it's got some really cool stuff you want to let us know and we'll get you on here. 
In the second half, I want to talk about the great guests that we've had, Greg, for the last couple of weeks. Reiner and Madeline Trafon have been phenomenal guests. What was your impression of them? They're both very different. What do you think about that? I thought they were fantastic, both of them in their, in their own right, in that they are clearly well-spoken, absolute experts in their fields. And what they said, I think that, you know, it's it's so hard when a lot of times for people that are, that are experts that to convey that information, and they do it so well. And the things that they say are really, in, in many ways, not revolutionary, but it just it forces us to rethink the fundamentals and to be reminded of a lot of things that we should, should know along the way. You're right. Both were amazing in very different ways and in very some of the things being very, very simple. And I love the fact that Madeline Trafon is she's a master sommelier, but yet and she knows more about wine than probably ninety-nine percent of the people on the planet. And yet if you ask her the most simple questions, which I think some of our questions were pretty basic for her, there's none of this talking down. She's very approachable about it. We even asked her about wine in a can. And she had a great response. She was, yeah, that's just another vessel, another container kind of thing. Very matter of fact about it versus the snooty sommelier that you may have all encountered. We may, we've all encountered once or twice in a restaurant, you know, very down to earth on all that stuff. And Reiner the same way with uh, his approach to kitchen design and, and culinary and food and beverage. I guess it goes without saying, but I, I encourage people to go back to our last previous, uh, the previous two episodes with Reiner and Madeline. And I think that they would, uh, if you haven't heard them, or if, even if you have, it's a good, t- good thing to listen to again. They're, they're both excellent. Yeah. I, when you have a guy like Reiner Zingrabit, who's the, been the head of culinary and food and beverage for the luxury brands from Marriott, which of course involves Ritz-Carlton, St. Regis, and a plethora of other brands. When you have him talking about titties and tacos, I think that's pretty impressive and tells me that, I don't mean to be funny, but it tells me that he lives in the real world, just like Madeline does. And there's some real solid advice from what what are really truly a couple of subject matter experts for sure. You know, and and I, one of the takeaways is because again, his, a lot of his world was you know focus on on quote unquote fine dining, and you know my, my, one of my last questions is where you know is fine dining going to survive? And I I really like his take on it that fine dining really is about high quality, well executed food. It doesn't. It's not necessarily about the the traditional, you know, in our mind, stereotype of the stiff restaurant with the, you know, the starched linen and eating in church is what I think. Right. Not that those are bad, not that that's bad. Mm -hmm. And I think there will always be a place for those, but I I liked, I really enjoyed his, his taking that he's taking that kind of concept or that kind of idea and pushing it in new directions. Fine dining is about good food and good execution. And again, uh, a very, I would say, well thought through approach to the future of buffets. Mm-hmm. How many times have we, on, on every other Thursday, talked about what is the future of buffets? And he's very simplistic. Buffets are in demand. They serve a useful purpose. They'll always be there. They'll change a little bit, but the buffets are always going to be around in some form or fashion. Yeah. And he had the three steps that he saw as transitioning through this COVID uh, crisis that we're in. Very simple stuff, but very concise and very articulate. I agree. And then and then I guess kind of ties in with our first segment, Madeline. She's now with Plum Markets. I believe she described it as a gourmet grocer, definitely an upscale grocer. 
with a fine wine selection that that she's in in charge of, and and that kind of ties back again to the, what we were just talking about for a previous segment about taking the dining experience home. And so you know another you know I I can just come up with ideas constantly, but I I guess you know here's another one is that if the operator can't sell the wine, then he can maybe make a wine recommendation. You know, maybe work with a local wine store, wine purveyor, and then, you know, the glasses come from him. Here, Oh, and here's a suggestion for the wine. Of course, he would rather sell the wine, but maybe he can't. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of different ways they can tie things together and, and try to move things along and create the experience. And Madeline is really a part of this whole making wine friendly, you know, to, to the consumer. Yeah, and, and and at all price points too. She was talking about uh, when we, I think, with the question you might have asked her, Greg. I can't remember you or Jay, but asked her about popular wines right now. And one of the first things she talked about was rosé. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a very generally thought of as a very modest wine and uh, not a very high profile wine at that, but very drinkable, very approachable. And she's selling a lot of that. And I think that's the key right now too: is quality, approachability, authenticity. All these things really, and they they run through. If you start to go back to Philip Preston, one of our first guests, Larry Deutsch, all these guests that we've had, they're all very authentic. Bob Golden, Bob Golden too. Uh, yeah, he's been doing what he does. Uh, nobody knows more about food service than Bob Golden. I think just in a, in a large macro sense, in the distribution of it and those types of things, I think the audience that we have wants to hear from people that are like that. So that's great. It's good to know too because we've got another one of those people coming on in uh, on our next episode we've got him booked already who's that dave it's a guy named chris kiertz and chris i hope i'm saying that right chris is an interesting fellow and i'll leave it at that he's a cocktail oriented person and he's got some different views on things and i think those of you who are in the cocktail realm uh and are whether it be on-premise or in the home, you're going to want to tune into the, the next episode that we have with Chris. He's going to teach us all a few things on not only the making of cocktails, but the merchandising and the selling of them, the showcasing of them, and the marketing of them. But he's got a few other tricks up his sleeve too. So uh, I think uh, Chris, is, uh, Chris Gertz is going to be a very interesting guest, much like the ones we've had before. I'm really looking forward to it. He's around. Let me just put it that way. He's he's somebody who's social media savvy. And if you look around, you might find him. Uh, people out there, our listeners, they may find him. But we're going to have him on as our guest. And I think, I think it'll be a big hit. So anyway, yes, we're trying more and more to have subject matter experts. And this will be one more in that, in that line that's growing and growing. Excellent. Good. Okay. So what else do we have, Greg, Mr. Greg? We've had some a couple of great guests. You know, one of the problems with having great guests, you know when it is, Greg. What's that? The problem is the bar gets so friggin' high. How do you keep topping last week? And then whatever. And it isn't a question of getting better and better and somebody topping this one, but to get different people who are as equally as interesting as the ones we've had. I'm getting nervous now a little bit. Well, it's our job to keep on looking. Yeah, we'll keep finding those interesting people out there. So anyway, Mr. J, we miss you. We love you, even though you're not with us and you're on assignment today. Jay Alley, if, if, if it broke your heart to learn that he wasn't here this week, don't worry, he'll be back next episode. We'll look forward to seeing everybody in in uh, approximately two weeks' time. Greg, any last words? Yeah, real quick. You know, when we in our first segment, we kept on referring to the operator, to the restaurant tour, and putting together these dining 
experiences for the home. But don't forget, if you're a manufacturer or a distributor of tabletop products, take those ideas to your customers and your potential customers. Like we keep on saying, these are great ways of, of developing dialogue. Dialogue. I knew that word was coming. Yeah, yeah, I've been waiting for it. And, I, and also the article also mentioned bone marrow. It did bone marrow. Yeah, it sure did. An item that's very dear to our hearts here at uh, Every Other Thursday. For new listeners, you have you have to go all the way back to the beginning of Every Other Thursday to get the bone marrow thing. But all the way back to the beginning episodes. All right, guys. Mr. Greg, it's been a pleasure being with you as always. And the uh, sirens and the noises outside here at Studio A of Tabletop Journal have kept to a minimum, and we're appreciative of that. See you in about two weeks. See you in two weeks' time. Yep. Take care. This episode of Every Other Thursday has been brought to you by TabletopJournal.com. For more than nine years, Tabletop Journal has been covering the global food service and hospitality industry, all the while raising the awareness of just how important Tabletop is to the overall guest dining experience. TabletopJournal.com where we celebrate the products, the people, and the places, all in the world of hospitality tabletop. You can learn more about Every Other Thursday by visiting our website, everyotherthursdaypodcast.com. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Every Other Thursday.